Good morning, guys. My name is Steve Babinski, or known as Coach Babs. My platform here at Indiana Wesleyan, I'm the head softball coach. Um, I am so excited to talk to you guys today. Um, God has made me a storyteller, so you're going to hear some stories. So if you brought popcorn, um, just keep your, uh, keep your mouth shut when you're chewing. You don't want shrapnel in the back of the hairs of whoever's sitting in front of you. Um, just be mindful. Um, but I want to talk to you guys about rewiring and how God has rewired this knucklehead to be the person I am in front of you right now. The, uh, the scripture that's really going to be our heartbeat in the next few moments is going to be found in Romans chapter 12. Um, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, it, they read, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. We're going to have a little exercise today in reverse engineering. The concept there is finding the product and then dismantling it in an effort to understand how the product was created. It's brilliant. We're going to start it with my own life. So in order to, to understand who I am today, you got to understand where I started. So you'll see this very beautiful looking family with cutting edge, high end outfits, amazing haircuts. My poor sister had a bowl haircut until she was in college, I believe. This is where, um, where it all began for me. If you do the math, if you use both hands, you can count seven kids. I am the sixth of seven. Can anyone identify? Do you guys know who I, who I might be? Let me help you a little bit with the next slide. There. That's, that's who I am. Um, and if you kind of you peek, they're very similar in ages. We have seven kids within 10 years. Yeah, you can groan. I was a freshman in high school, and there was a Babinski sophomore, junior, and senior. So I was always somebody else's little brother, and it didn't matter who. The neat thing about this picture to me is, wow, I wouldn't have changed anything. We lived in a small home, very modest, um, slept on floors and couches my whole life. Um, it wasn't really until um, I went to college that I had a bed consistently that I slept in. I loved it. There was a lot of things in that family household that we were functional, but they were not God's way. This was not a godly home. It was not set up by a born-again believing mom and dad. There was talk of religion, talk of faith, but there was nothing to grip our hearts to the loving, saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I graduated high school, went off to college at a state school, and it was about this time my freshman year. It was March 19-something, I don't want to admit that, where I was a freshman and God intervened. He intersected my life 
And he showed me from scripture that I was a sinner. And he showed me the penalty of that sin. The consequence was separation from God. And he showed me what the gift of life in believing in his, his son was. So on March 24th, 1996, I accepted Jesus as my savior. Right? From that moment on, it wasn't getting saved and moving on. It was getting saved and finding that Jesus is not only my Savior, but how can he be Lord? The difference is if you get saved and you continue the life or the lifestyle you had prior to that moment of salvation then you are using Jesus as a savior, a transaction, when he is calling for the transformation. As we reverse engineer my life, we're going to reverse engineer this passage. I'm not done talking about stories about me, about how God has created something that no man could ever create. But we're going to go to the end of uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, where it says, you will be able to test and approve God, his will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The stage of life you're in, I hear it all the time with my girls. How do I know this is what God wants for me? And that is a big, relevant question. I'm going to work you through the answer is easy, how to get to the answer, not so easy. But as we see the finished product, if you want to know what God's perfect and pleasing will is, then do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a replacement that happens. I would love to tell you about a replacement story. So you don't need to um, bring back the picture of my family, but understand I was the sixth boy and then baby girl. My growing up, I was quiet by nature. My personality, I'm an introvert, believe it or not. <laughs> Anyone who knows me would call me out on that. Babs, how can you be an introvert? You talk all the time. I love, I love being able to watch people, to be able to identify and try to investigate what their needs are, who they are, long before they say a single word. I refuel away from people. After this, I'm going to be shaking for like two hours. When I was in high school, I was quiet. When I was in college, I was quiet. But there was something in me that longed for relationship. I always had it, had to have a significant other. But the way God has kind of put my heart together, he, he's given me a romantic soul. So I'm a freshman in high school. 
And there she was. Come on. I was scared of her. I was enthralled, mesmerized, not in a weird, creepy stalker way. But my mind was fixed. I put her on this pedestal. Somehow I'd find enough courage, whether it's poetry, letters, anonymously, whatever. I'd figure out a way for her to look my direction. I would start dating her. And the romanticism, it was warped. It wasn't from God. It wasn't lust. But identified, I put somebody on a pedestal so high, no one could ever maintain. So the cycle began where right away in, in my dating relationships, they would fall apart. I'd be less enamored with who she was because she was real. Like everyone, she was selfish, self-serving, self-seeking. Maybe not in an extreme way or else I wouldn't have been drawn to her. But no relationship went more than a month. But I dated all the time. And I dated everyone. My family of seven allowed me some amazing um, experiences that got me in people groups. One of those brothers is a professional theater actor. He's at LSU right now um, getting his doctorate in theater. So that allowed me to be in plays like HMS Pinafore. I was Rolf in um, uh, uh, Sound of Music. The same thing, I ended up walking into a junior year all-state 10 or 2 first chair situation. It was amazing. I was also um, a high-end athlete. My brothers were in chess club. Like huge high school, but I was connected to every people group. So I, I dated the color guard girl. And I dated the athlete. And I dated the musician. And I, I dated every profile, looking for what my heart was looking for. So fast forward, I become a Christian my freshman year of college. Date my first girl. Guess what? Put her up on a pedestal. How did I see this girl? I was off in the wings at a Bible study. And there she was. Talking about predestination versus free will. <laughs> Come on. So I put her up on a pedestal because I'm a baby believer. This stuff is flooring me. I'm so excited to learn more. And I look at her like she is. God than her. Like it has to be. So guess what? I pursued her. Pursued her. We started dating. Shortly after that, it fell apart. God opened my eyes and he showed me 
I'm jacked up. I've got some faulty wiring. From March of 96, it was obvious when I was reading scripture. You never had to convince me the Bible was what it says it was. Whenever it showed me something that was contrary to who I was, I changed. And it wasn't a, a conscious choice, and it wasn't a struggle. It was, oh, it says that? I didn't know that. Okay, let's do that now. But I didn't see anywhere in Scripture how to date. I didn't see how to do that. So God and I had an understanding. And granted, my personality, the relational part, I was always in a relationship. Our understanding, you remember this, right? I was going to fast from dating, but more than that. About that same time, man, I came across this book in the Bible called Romans. Again, baby Christian, I am just reading things for the first time. Romans was fire, guys. <laughs> wow. I probably read it in two days. It's 16 chapters, but it was not a chore. Like I was done and then it was, a, it was in those times, I was like, God, it was, it was wrapping up the end of a month. And I said, God, with your help, I want to read this book once a day for the month. I was a baseball player. I was uh, full credit, taking Bible classes that are brand new to me. They're foreign languages. But I figured it out, how to find time to read 12 chapters, highlighter, pen, notebook, Sorry, 16 chapters every day for that month. Eight or nine days in, everything I'm seeing is Romans. Chapel, I switched to a Christian school. Chapel, speakers were talking about Romans. Everything was pulling Romans. But then what I noticed in me, in my conversation, Romans was coming out of my mouth. Just naturally. Just in connection to whatever was happening. There was no forced agenda. There was, oh, yeah, it, it says that in Romans. Oh, have you thought about how God sees that in Romans? My mind was being transformed without even knowing it. So my, back to my, uh, my fast. God put Romans 12 on my heart. Let's read this again. So, this is verse 2 in Romans 12. The arrangement God and I made, whenever there was a girl that in my former life I would have fixated on, where I would have doubted over her, I would have um, pursued her until I got her and started that hideous cycle over, all over again. Whenever there was a girl like that, I would take a step back. And God has made me that observer. So I would watch. But I wouldn't just do that. I would commit her to prayer. And I would pray this over her by name every night. Dear Jesus, I pray that she does not conform to the pattern of this world. But that she is transformed by the renewing of her mind 
then she will be able to test and approve what your will for her life is. Her, your good, pleasing, and perfect will. But then I also started praying for her faceless, nameless husband. That kept me in check. That showed me and reminded me, this girl ain't yours. Even if you're dating somebody right now, they ain't yours. So this next part I'm not proud of. But since I'm an observer and I've committed not to date, and whenever there's a godly woman who God is putting in front of me and I'm at a new school, remember NSO? <laughs> so my list got big of girls that I'm like, you know what? She's awesome. She loves Jesus. Um, eye candy. Like, let's go. So she made the list, and so did her faceless, nameless husband. Same time, I'm praying for me and my faceless, nameless wife. I didn't know what I was doing. There wasn't a mentor in my corner. I'm stumbling upon this, but it was clear God had some big plans for me. A year and a half of fasting off of something you're reliant on, imagine taking your phone away for a year and a half. You learn, you get reprogrammed, you rewire. You learn how to function in a different way, often more efficiently. But basically, it's like the ultimate cleanse. So one after another, Chica A, she's off the list. Chica B, she's off the list. It could be because another guy started dating her. There was nobody on my list that was dating somebody else. Or I saw something and God convinced me of something in that girl that wasn't supposed to be for me. Now in an effort to reverse engineer, I'm going to show you the biggest blessing God's ever done for me. She was one of the first girls on the list, and she never left. I couldn't... Oh, look. <laughs> couldn't have mapped out a better girl. Not an athlete. Double art major. <laughs> kind of girl that you cannot hear because her voice is so soft. But whenever she speaks, you lean in. Girl's the most faithful woman I know. Went through some hell and back as a child. Not because of her, because of some adults entrusted over her. And God used her faithfulness and saved her for me. And now, 
we are blessed with offspring. <laughs> so the idea of me being rewired, if you start it from what I want to be, I had no idea. But if you look from God's perspective, what he wanted to create in me, he allowed me to have the reverence and the passion to love the word of God. I love versions of the Bible. I love um, commentary. I love word studies. I'm not a smart guy. And I forget so much more than I remember. But I want to be 1% closer to my Lord and Savior every day. And then as I do that, I want to try to bring others along with me. So, when I didn't even know I was doing it, I was no longer conforming to the pattern of this world. I was being transformed by the renewing of my mind. Nobody needed to tell me she was a perfect girl for me. There was a moment when we started dating that I, I knew I was going to marry her. So the next slide wraps up 12, 1 and 2. The conforming to the pattern of this world... In my mind, that's a transactional relationship you might have with God. The transforming, the renewing of your mind, that starts with scripture, guys. I'm not smart enough to marry a gem like, like her. I'm not qualified. My resume doesn't match up. I'm standing on stage right now. I'm a, I'm a knucklehead baseball dude who, who wasn't smart enough to go to college. Not really. God gripped my heart in such a way that he is clearly running the ship. Now, I know th the story part of me, you guys enjoyed that. The preaching part of me, I know where you're at because I've been there and I never leave that. Because I have 18-year-olds that come into my life every year. And the first thing that we do as during NSO for softball is we have them read and memorize this next passage that we're going to also reverse engineer. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, with, which exceeds anything you can understand. Guys, I get it. This is probably the most stressful four years of your life, five years for me. To get the one degree. <laughs> but hey, it's stressful. In the four years when I'm talking to recruits, I identify you want to go somewhere where you can have a support system because you will have some of your greatest times and some of your worst days. The anxiety, the worry that you can experience can be monumental. But by reverse engineering this, if you want the peace, that transcends all understanding, God's peace, 
then there's a, there's a pattern of this world that you need to leave behind and replace. You need to renew your mind daily through the word of God. Trust every thought. Hold it captive. Trust it that it's your thought compared to scripture. If it is not in scripture, it's a lie. God hasn't changed. He was still good yesterday. He's going to be good tomorrow. If today is your circumstance, he is going to recycle all of your yesterdays. And your worst day, he wants you to walk through with him so you can be a catalyst to liberate other people who are walking through the same thing. If I know nothing of your struggle, it's hard to connect with you. But if through God I've been restored through your struggle, because I had it too, Man, the power. Reverse engineering the anxiety part. You're all worried about something. If you want the peace, tell God what you need. And the key is thank him for all he has done. I could go on and on and tell you story after story of how God has been replacing his truth for the lies that I believe. And so many of these lies you don't even know you have. If it doesn't go parallel with scripture, start with scripture inside out. If it doesn't go parallel, it doesn't go parallel. It is opposite of what God wants. God doesn't necessarily long for you to have a spouse, 3.4 kids, and a Lexus. He wants all of heaven to be crowded. Father God, thank you so much for my time. It's up. I can talk about you Forever. Lord, you know my heart. I am scared to death to be up here. Every time I open my mouth, Lord, in the past, huh, you had to assure me of my value. You had to assure me that I, I, even though I felt like I wasn't good enough, you had to assure me that it would be your words that I share. And Lord, I thank you for that because I'm never going to feel confident enough to speak at chapel. I'm never going to feel confident, confident enough to share what you've been doing in my life to a stranger. But I do. And I'm scared every time. And because I'm afraid, I, I will lean on you. And I will trust you to direct my words, my path. Lord, I don't know who is supposed to hear what today. I do know that there were two, two huge truths in my life that radically changed who I was. The secret of finding your perfect and pleasing will and finding your peace that transcends all of my own understanding. And Lord, there's a formula that you give us. When, when your word is literal, let's take it literally. I hope everyone in here can understand that 
you want us to be, you want us to turn from being casual about the things that you're crazy about to be insanely mad about them. If we wake up saying, God, what next? What next? And go in bed, to bed saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And everything in between can be seasoned with love and allow us to be world changers. First on this campus and then in the community and beyond. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.